Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 69 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I know your time is your most valuable asset, so I just want to send my gratitude for tuning in. The name of today's episode is Estrogenics, 10 Chemicals That Could Be Ruining Your Hormones Right Now. And I know this is probably a little bit of a sensitive topic in the world about how our hormone levels are, especially for men and for women. It is no secret that the male hormone testosterone has been on the decline very steeply for the last 50 to 60 years. And whether that was planned or it is just something that has happened as a result of our natural environment and the toxins in our environment, it is a real fact. So it doesn't really matter how, I mean, it does, it doesn't really matter why, but it it matters why we are here. So it doesn't really matter whether it was planned or whether it was just an accident. However, it does matter that it's happened and now we need to do something to combat it because we obviously, the mission of my podcast and my work to the world is to make sure that everyone is becoming the healthiest and highest performing version of themselves. So I wanted to do this today and this is actually a book that I have read recently and something I've been wanting to talk about. So there are hidden chemicals all around us, whether it's in the food, air, water, whatever it is that can be damaging and ruinous to our health and cause a lot of problems and you see the amount of people that are obese now, the amount of people that have anxiety, depression, a lot of this can be a result of not only the inflammation that some of the foods and lifestyles that we have are caused by, but also the different things in our food. And unfortunately, when you look and as we go through some of these chemicals, you're going to see that a lot of times with people trying to lose weight or trying to be healthier, it's not even their fault. They're fighting an uphill battle because of some of the stuff that is in our water, in our air, in our food that is causing them to have to struggle a hundred times more than they would naturally have to in order to lose weight or whatever their health goal is. So before I jump on into everything, just want to say thank you again for tuning in. If you would like to be a part of a group of like-minded people that enjoy talking about this content, enjoy bettering themselves, becoming the best version of themselves, hop on over to our Facebook group. It's called the Frontier Elite Tactics Unlock Superhuman Performance. It's all about becoming a higher performer, becoming healthy, becoming someone that is taking their life to the next level and ultimately making everybody's life better around them. So as always, a little plug for that. And again, if you like this type of stuff, it's going to be more of the same and more engaged in the community. So what are estrogenics? Well, I mentioned I read a book. It's by this guy. He's a doctor named Dr. Anthony J. And it's actually a really, really, really good book. I listened to the audiobook, and it's called Estrogeneration. And it's basically about how all the chemicals that are in our environment, whether it's through pesticides, herbicides, all these different things, different types of dyes, how these different types of chemicals have caused lots of what he would call um, EDCs, endocrine disrupting chemicals, have caused lots of problems with our hormones, especially in the industrialized world, because they are so prevalent. Again, this is not the claim that this was by design, although that could be argued. The, the claim is that this is the state of where we're at and we need to do something about it because it's affecting not only us as a population, but our population going forward because it alters our DNA, the structure of our bodies and how we propagate ourselves when we become the next generation. But his thesis of the book is that there's a lot of these EDCs, endocrine disrupting chemicals in our environment all around us and that they're having profound effects and actually changing our biology as we're moving forward. And basically the book is kind of an outline 
on the consequence and the prevalence of all these different things are in our environment and then what we can do about it. So how can you live a healthier life? And the awesome thing about this is it doesn't take that much. It may sound like a lot at first when I go through this stuff because you're used to doing the same things over and over and you have habits of the different types of products that you use and the different types of um, lifestyle that you have, whether it's food that you eat, whether it's going out to eat, all this different stuff. However, if you make a conscious effort to really say, okay, I'm going to do what I can to make sure I'm eliminating a lot of the toxins I can. I know for me, since I read the book, he has like a, it's kind of like a handbook or an outline at the end that says, okay, this is my pledge. I'm going to remove all these different chemicals from my life. And it just says, I'm going to use this instead of this. I'm going to use this instead of this. And you'll see what I'm talking about as I go through the different, different uh, EDCs and estrogenics. But it's pretty easy, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a handout. I listened to the audiobook, but he has an outline at the end of the book. So please go read it. Go buy it on Amazon or Audible or whatever. Just go through it. It's not a very long book, and it's very well written, especially for a scientific book. I commend him. He's an awesome guy. I would definitely like to have him on my podcast at some point to talk about all this stuff. But it's a really easy format at the end of the book. So after he fills you in on everything. It may seem a little overwhelming that it's going to be something that's tough to change, but at the end, it's really not that more, much more difficult. And a lot of the products aren't going to be that much more expensive that you would have to buy in lieu of something that has a lot of estrogenic contamination within it. So again, estrogenics are basically anything that is going to cause estrogen. Think about it like this. The, there's chemicals that bind to estrogen receptors in your cells. And I'm by no means a scientist. But what happens is it makes it much harder when you do this, when your hormones aren't leveled out. And this is not just for men. So a lot of people think, oh, estrogen, you're a man. You don't want your estrogen levels to be too high. Not necessarily true. This is something that is also very prevalent in disrupting a lot of the hormones of women in our society today. So this is not something that's just a problem for men, although it may be a little bit more of a problem for men because male, the male hormone testosterone is a little bit more affected. However, this can be catastrophic and as devastating to women as it would be for men. So I just want you to keep that in mind. This is not something that's just a men's health problem. Although a lot of what I talk about is geared toward that. This is a health problem for everybody. So what I want to do is go ahead and jump on into these 10 different things and kind of explain how... They are in our lives, how they're around us, and what we can do about them. Um, so what I did is try to boil it down to the top 10 that Anthony J. talked about in his book. And number one are phytoestrogens. And you can think about these as the plant estrogenics. And phytoestrogens are considered probably the least harmful out of all of these. So as we go through, these might get, these are probably going to be worse. But these are basically plant hormones that act like estrogen in the body. So they mimic estrogen in our body. And gut bacteria tend to chew up some of these nature-made plant estrogenics. However, because a person doesn't want high levels of estrogen found in natural or artificial form, it is the best to avoid soy and minimize flax. No other plants come remotely close to levels of phytoestrogen found in soy and flax. So this is going to be something, and I know there's a hot debate about this, of whether soy causes estrogen levels to increase. And... As opposed to doing a lot of other things, I'm sure that soy is not the worst. However, there is proven evidence that soy and then also flax as well cause estrogen to increase. And unfortunately right now, something that's going on is a lot of this plant-based dieting protocol that is coming out. And I am 
against no one that would say, and again, I, the goal of this podcast is not to tell anybody how to live. It's to help people become the best version of themselves and enlighten them with information that they can use in a toolbox to make decisions. However, one thing that is going on right now is there's been a huge push for plant-based diets, vegan diets, all that stuff. And if you do that for spiritual reasons, I commend that. There's nothing wrong with that and you feel like that's what you need to do. Um, again, I'm not here to tell anybody how to live. Unfortunately, with a lot of plant-based diet and vegan diets, because it is so restrictive and so eliminating of other foods, a lot of the protein and carbohydrates that you're going to get and fats will come from things like soy, soy protein. And if you look at a lot of the meat substitutes that are made, whether it's tofu or just a lot of these different impossible meat, uh, beyond meat, all that stuff. Now, those meats, for the most part, are a lot of them are made of soy. Now, you will see some pea protein, but there is a lot of soy protein in those meats. And soy, unfortunately, is one of the worst things you can do because it mimics estrogen in the body. So, especially if you're a male, but even if you're a female, you don't really want higher estrogen levels per se through things like food and some other EDCs. But when you are ingesting soy, you're mimicking estrogen in your body. So it's best if you can to avoid soy. Now, I know a lot of people aren't going out and necessarily eating soybeans, but when you see a lot of these plant-based things, it seems kind of trendy and cool to say, hey, I'm doing plant-based. But I think a lot of the benefit that people get from doing a plant-based diet, especially when they first started, is because they're eliminating junk food. However, over the long term, if you're having to supplement with things like soy protein, and that's in your diet, it's going to mimic estrogen and have negative long-term effects. And just to give an example, I heard this on Ben Greenfield's podcast that the, I think it's Burger King came out with a plant-based burger, which if you're eating at Burger King anyway, are you really that concerned about your health? Are you really concerned about your health if you're eating a plant-based burger at Burger King? If I was concerned about not eating meat, I would probably at least be health conscious enough not to eat a Burger King, which is going to be one of the nastiest things you can put on your body. But anyway, I think it was something like 300 to 400 times the amount of estrogen that a regular hamburger would be would be found in a, one of these impossible burgers or whatever they call it from Burger King. So just think about that for a second versus a even at Burger King, which is probably the lowest one of the lowest quality meat you're going to get anyway, that the hamburger from a cow had 400 times less of an effective estrogen, which is also a grain-fed cow, which could be argued has more of an estrogenic effect than a grass-fed cow would be because of the different in fatty acid ratio balance. But the, the, uh, the Impossible Burger had 400 times the amount of estrogen than would the regular hamburger. So I think that's something to be conscious of. And if you are not, soy can be hidden in a lot of things too. So you want to make sure that you are not eating things like soybean oil or different areas of soy protein because a lot of protein bars, different things that might be coined as health foods have soy in them and are used because soy is so cheap and is so readily available and a lot of food companies can use it as a filler to do things. So at all costs, cost, if you can, number one, phytoestrogens are the most common phytoestrogen is going to be soy. You'll also see it in flax, but just definitely stay away from them. Number two is going to be microestrogen, and another name for this is xerolinum, and this is the fungus estrogenic. 
Microestrogen is produced by fungus and right now is a growing concern in our world. It also includes mold and mold contamination, contaminations. The trouble begins in damp and dark places. So grain storage containers, which are used on monoculture farms. So if you ever see these huge grain storage containers, which a lot of our food will come through, whether it's corn or whatever, um, these things, because they are in damp, dark places where a lot of the food is stored as it goes to the processing, um, the fungus ends up in our food grains, but also can end up in the feed that a lot of the animals that we eat are. So whether it's cows, chickens, whatever, a lot of the grains that they eat, they don't necessarily keep have the same standards of the food that is fed to feedlot animals. And so you get a lot of these microestrogens, which are fungus that build up in the food, not only that we eat, but also that the animals eat, and it gets passed along through those meats. So think about this, microestrogen are just funguses that build up that also mimic estrogen in our body. And unfortunately, the way that our food is processed and the structure and manufacturing distribution and logistics chain of how we get our food causes a lot of the food to be in these dark, damp, places which allows for this to build up and there's not really anything being done about it. So just think about that and another reason to make sure that you're trying to eat as much whole food as possible, as much as food that you know the source from which it came. The next one, number three, is going to be atrazine. And this is the herbicide estrogenic. Atrazine is the most common herbicide. Glyphosate is actually number one. I did an episode on that. But atrazine is heavily used in spraying corn and other grain crops in the Americas, China, and many other food uh, exporting countries. Additionally, it is a major contaminant in drinking water and is also noted that atrazine has been illegal in Europe since 2004. So think about this. There's an herbicide. Obviously, glyphosate is used, but atrazine is another one that we spray on crops here in America. So since 2004, 16 years ago, has been illegal in Europe to put on anything because it is so dangerous and because it mimics estrogen so bad. Not only that, but it has a host of different problems. I could probably do a whole other episode on atrazine itself. So it is illegal in Europe, and we spray it on our crops here in America. I could go into more detail, but I don't think enough is needed if you understand that something is illegal in another country to put on food, and it's widely used, obviously, in corn. So think about that again if you're not, again, corn, not the best thing to eat. But if you are going to eat it, please make sure it's non-GMO organic because you're getting things like atrazine on the corn. And again, the way the corn kernel is, think about some of that food that is very soluble, that absorbs things like pesticides into the part that we eat. Again, not good. Number four is going to be tri... It's, and a lot of these are going to be tough to pronounce, so forgive me for butchering them. Number four is going to be triclosan and APEs, and al those are alkylophenols. And this is the soap estrogenic. In the Americas, triclosan and APEs can be found in cleaning products, soap, and lubricants, and they are also contaminated in drinking water, obviously, because a lot of the soap will get into the water supply and doesn't necessarily get filtered out. So... Um, when we wash things off with soap, we're not washing off the estrogen. So it may work on a ceramic plate or steel pot, however, due to their fat-like properties, the estrogenics prefer to latch onto the skin rather than to be washed off with water. Not surprising, Europe has banned their use, and China strongly regulates these. America, not so much. So think about a lot of the soap that you use when you're using it on your skin, even the water, because of the fat solubility of this type of compound, the triclosan, that it is not getting off of you and it's getting absorbed into your body, again, to mimic estrogen. 
Number five is going to be BP and 4MBC, so bisphenone and 4-methylisbizanine, CAM4. And this is, don't need to worry about that, just think of BP and 4MBC, <laughs> the sunscreen estrogenic. So BP and 4MBC are two skin dippers that are found in cheap sunblock lotions, some, or, some organic sunblock, and some hand soaps, and even some breakfast cereals. Uh, so make sure if you see any of these on the label, please don't use them. It's going to be in most sunscreens. And I have noticed when I use uh, non-organic sunscreen, I just don't feel as good when I use it afterwards. And obviously sunscreen is probably a better alternative than getting just completely burnt and burning yourself. But you can find some organic natural sunscreen. Again, if you go to Anthony J's website, he's got a bunch of different recommendations on there. Number six is going to be Red dye number three and number 40. And these are the artificial red food color estrogenic. Red dye number three has received a lot of bad press due to its implication that it has many health problems, including ADHD. However, the FDA uh, continues to postpone any action, so it has never been fully banned in the USA. And as a result, many food companies continue to use it because it's cheap. And then they transition to using number red dye number 40 instead. Uh, keep in mind, both red dye and number 40 can be labeled under different pseudonyms, so it's best to avoid all artificial red food coloring whatsoever. So if you ever are eating or drinking anything red that has the word artificially flavored on it, make sure that you stay away. Those are not good for you whatsoever. And again, these mimic estrogen within the body and you see there that even has been shown to cause ADHD within kids. So whether it's by design or by accident, the FDA still hasn't addressed this and especially a lot of the processed food. So if you have kids or children if you're giving them processed food, please think about, or yourself if you're eating it, please think about looking to see and make sure those no, those dyes aren't in there. And again, another way you can cure this, just eat whole foods. Don't eat things that are packaged. When you shop at the grocery store, shop around the edges of the aisles and don't include these things in your diet. Number seven is going to be parabens, and this is a huge problem, but these think of these as the fragrance estrogenic. So parabens are found in cosmetics and often hidden the ingredients list of fragrant, as a fragrance. So if you ever see anything that just says fragrance on it, a lot of times these are parabens. Um, it's especially important to be uh, looked at in laundry detergents. This is something I try to stay away from is having a lot of scented laundry detergents. And uh, what happens is a lot of that scent that is in the paraben uh, will transfer through to your skin so it gets under your skin. So even if you have it on your clothes, it can get through your skin and get into your body. And um, most of these uh, in, end up in the body. There's one study that found that over 90% of umbilical cords, so when a child is in utero and then they come out, when the 90% of umbilical cords contain parabens as well as human breast milk. So think about that. This is how, how the, the level to which these have affected our body is that we have in umbilical cords and breast milk, there is measurable levels of parabens and how dangerous that is, especially from an estrogen mimicking standpoint and affecting our hormone levels, again, not just for men, but also for women. Number eight is going to be phthalates, and that's P-H-T, P-H-T-H, allates after. Um, but this is the plastic additive estrogenic. So phthalates are used as a plastic additive. Um, so even though they are not the main ingredient, they still transfer out of plastic fairly easily. And they are like specks of dust or glitter, and they can be found in everything from plastic wrap used over food, vinyl flooring, certain uh, baby crib mattresses, cash register receipts, fragrance perfumes, and many medical devices. So these are in a lot. You can see these in a bunch of different stuff. A lot of the food that we eat is in plastic, and I'm going to talk about that with the next one. But these are things that are in plastic, so you want to make sure as much as you can get off of having things that are plastic in your life again because it's gonna have a huge estrogen mimicking effect 
on your body. Next one is going to be BPA and BPS. So these are bisphenol A and bisphenol S. And these are the plastic estrogenics. And BPS and BPA are the main ingredients uh, found to make certain plastics, specifically BPA. And you've probably seen a lot of these things will say that they're BPA free. Some things may be BPA free, but not BPS free. Um, they're just as bad. Both of them just as bad. Um, but BPA is found in high levels of major drinking water sources and being deceptively used in certain places, such as the insides of certain canned food and beverage jars. And uh, like I said, BPS is replacing BPA, so you'll see BPA, but it doesn't mean that the container doesn't have BPS. And the problem is with a lot of these is that they can melt into what we're doing. So how many people drink water out of plastic bottles? I mean, it's everywhere. Very rarely do you see water come in glass bottles, like this one right here. And if you're listening to this, I have a Mountain Valley glass bottle. But you will see most water in a plastic bottle, which is not BPA-free, and they make no bones about it that it's even BPA-free. Just to give you an example, in France, they don't have plastic bottles. They have water fountains, and you can buy glass bottles and then fill them up in the water fountains. Again, in America, how many people drink water out of plastic bottles? Well, a lot of times those plastic bottles are getting transported on hot trucks, and that plastic melts a little bit, just, just a little bit, to get into the water, and then that is in our system. There's actually a study done, I think, too, that teenagers now in the modern era actually have measurable levels of plastic in their blood because so much of what we do comes through plastic, and a lot of the stuff that we consume or put on our skin has this in it. So both extremely unhealthy and as much as you can, try to minimize the amount of plastic that you have on your food, everything. I know it's almost impossible in this day and age, but do what you can. And the last one, number 10, is going to be EE2, and this is ethanol, ethanolestradiol, and this is the birth control estrogenic. And think about this. So to close out the episode today, more than 60% of married women on the planet are currently on chemical contraceptives that contain EE2. Most of this eventually gets urinated out. So the women are on birth control, and this is, has this chemical, chemical EE2. It's urinated out. It's recycled back into the drinking water and at surprisingly high levels. So it goes back through when it gets flushed on the toilet, through urine, goes back into our drinking water supply and does not get filtered out. This means that we are all exposed to it. And while water treatment plants are good at killing viruses and bacteria, they're terrible at, mover, at removing estrogenics. So this is something that is super prevalent in our water supply today. And if you look, I think, I don't know, I'd have to look deeper to see if there's been any studies done on this. But if you look at the amount of infertility, the problems with fertility that we have in our world today, look no further than the EE2 that can be found in our drinking water is one of the major problems. It's all around us. So if you are not conscious of filtering your water and making sure that you're getting stuff, this stuff out of your water, I, I don't think there's this, if, in terms of health, whether it's myself or clients that I work with, this is one of the most important things you can do is to filter your water because of things like the E2 chemical that is in birth control contraceptives getting into our water supply and affecting this. And obviously, if you're a female, it's going to have certain effect, but especially if you're a male, the last thing you want to do is be on birth control because of the ruinous effects it can have on your endocrine system. So again, I don't think I need to say much further than that. I think intuitively everyone knows you don't want that in your water, but if you can, just some of these tips today, take them and run with them and just do one thing and say, hey, I'm not going to drink out of plastic water bottles this month. 
and do that. And then what happens is it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier to stack these habits on top of each other. And before you know it, you're completely guarding against a lot of this stuff like I have made a conscious effort to do in the last year or so since I read Dr. Anthony Jay's book. So again, those were the 10 estrogen compounds that are super prevalent in our society today. And I might do another episode in the future about just the different lifestyle things that you can do to really make sure you're honing in on this. But for today, I just wanted to educate, inform, and know Put in out there in the world, if you hear this information, if you listen to this, it is now your responsibility to go forward and say, hey, before, because I was like this before, I didn't know any of this stuff. So I kind of thought, oh, you know, there, there's no responsibility there. But if you listen to this, it is now your responsibility to go out and make sure that you are removing a lot of these from your body. And again, not everybody's going to be perfect, especially in today's age, but try to do what we can. And we want to get everyone back to being the healthiest version of themselves like a lot of our ancestors were. So again, thanks for tuning in so much. Again, if you enjoy this type of stuff, head over to the Facebook group. We'll get some discussion going and all that good stuff. And I will talk to you guys soon. Peace.